You're now tuned in to the Brendan King Show. From high above the circle in downtown Indianapolis, here's BK. If you've been on any form of social media in the last nine months, this episode's for you. Episode four, the Brendan King Show. What's going on, everybody? Happy New Year. Glad to have you with us for another episode here. Really, if you haven't been living under a rock these last nine months and have been on your phone in any sense, you'll enjoy today's show. Ben Polizzi, stand-up comedian, the host of the Espresso Podcast, one of the funniest dudes you'll meet, is going to join us today. Guy is just naturally funny. Um, I I try not to laugh and just keep quiet during interviews most of the time, but it was hard today. I think you'll really like this interview. Ben Polizzi, often on the show, is nice enough to come on. Next week, let's tease this, we'll have Ben's good buddy and partner in crime, Joey Molinaro, hopping on the show. Ben and Joey have kind of been that one-two punch on Instagram that have given us all laughs, whether that's the... Guy's talking on the phone that Johnson, he can do it a lot better than I can, obviously, but we're going to have Joey on the show next week. Ben's on the show today. Thanks for tuning in. Post show, first show post New Year's. Do you still want that 18 playoff? Do you still want that 16 team playoff? If you say yes, then I really don't have an answer for you. IU loses to Old Miss Outback Bowl 26-20. Cincinnati loses to Georgia, 24-21 Peach Bowl. Florida loses in the Cotton Bowl, 55-20 Oklahoma. ND loses in the Rose Bowl, 31-14, but does cover the 19.5 point spread, which I did have, by the way. I don't like giving out my bets or else they don't win. That's usually how it works. Ohio State beats Clemson, 49-28 to advance to the national championship against Bama. Here's the thing. I did take Clemson minus 7.5. I will admit my flaws. If there's one thing about me, I will admit my mistakes. As Jordan Belfort says in The Wolf on Wall Street, I ask you not to judge me on my winners, but to judge me on my losers, because there are so few. I did take Clemson, minus seven and a half. I do realize that Justin Fields stepped up in a big way, and he played through some pain. God, did you see Justin Fields on the sideline? I can't even imagine the level of pain that guy was going through. I mean, goodness. It was just, it just looked like he was suffering at times, but he went out, he beat Trevor Lawrence, and now Trevor Lawrence puts himself in a position to go get drafted number one overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars and owner side con. We'll get into that in a moment because this is all going to come together momentarily between the NFL and college football. But if you still want that 18, 16 team playoff, I don't know what to tell you. We were just proved once again. As I told you a couple weeks ago on episode two, the same types of teams are going to continue get to get in until these Indianas, these Cincinnatis prove that they can go out and win a bowl game. This is the time where I told you you have to go do that. You go out, you win your bowl game, you impress the committee, you impress the NCAA, you prove that, hey, we can be here, and you come back next year ready to roll. That's not what happened. And really, as we sit today, January 5th, 2021, the only team that you can say 
possibly belonged in the college football playoff that was left out is Texas A&M. They put a beat down on number 13, North Carolina, 41-27 in the Orange Bowl. But does Jimbo Fisher really want to be in the playoff after what he just saw? Look, Notre Dame's a good team. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I am a Notre Dame fan. I grew up going to Notre Dame games. And look, Brian Kelly, he was saying in his post-game presser and you know pre-game interviews all week, he's tired of the notion that Notre Dame can't win the big one. Well, I'm sorry, Coach Kelly, but that's going to continue being the story. Guess what? Until you win the big one. That notion is never going to go away from Notre Dame until you win a big one. And the big one doesn't count as the Fiesta Bowl. A big one doesn't count as beating Clemson at home with a true freshman quarterback that they have. Even though DJ Uaugale is going to be really good when Trevor Lawrence does leave. But that doesn't count as the big one. It means going to win a national championship and putting that last legacy on Notre Dame before you eventually call it quits there. And again, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I wanted Notre Dame to beat Alabama, but Notre Dame's a good team that played an exceptional team with three capable Heisman winners on one offensive game plan. I think Devontae Smith's going to win the Heisman personally. I know he's going to make a lot of money. That dude better have a Brinks truck at his house within the next few months. Whoever gives it to him first, whoever is lucky enough to get it, he's going to be a good player. But again, this 8-team, 16-team notion, you're going to, if IU was in the playoff, what would happen against Bama? they probably lose by 50. And for Texas A&M, would Jimbo Fisher rather be sitting today with a 41-27 Orange Bowl, Orange Bowl win going into next year, or would he rather possibly be sitting in his office today after losing by 40 to Alabama? With the Orange Bowl win, Jimbo Fisher at the very least makes money. His legacy at Texas A&M is looking better than it would if he lost to Alabama. And you could probably pull some pretty darn good recruits because everybody today, you watch these games, they have these cameras, these nice Nikons on the sideline filming everything, all the turnovers, the guys celebrating, looking like they're having a good time, dancing around, Jimbo Fisher avoiding the Gatorade shower. That was pretty funny. But all that's ended up on video. And you know who sees that? The 17-year-old, 18-year-old, primetime Texas high school recruits that are playing at these monstrous stadiums. Some of these high school stadiums in Texas are bigger than NFL stadiums. For sure, uh, the soccer stadium the Chargers play in. It's nuts. But you know who's seeing those videos? Those kids who are probably going to go pick to play at Texas A&M rather than go to Texas, where Tom Herman just gets fired. Steve Sarkeesian is in. Would I rather go play for a first-year Steve Sarkeesian or go play at Texas A&M, who just beat the snot out of North Carolina? These dudes look like they have a blast. Johnny Manziel's tweeting that he wish he could go back to school. I think I'm going to play for Jimbo Fisher. I don't think I'm going to Austin. I don't think I'm going to Texas Tech. It just makes sense. I'm not going to Houston. I'm not going out of state. I want to go play at College Station. That'd be my mindset. 
So again, would you rather get the crap beaten out of you in the Rose Bowl? Or would you rather win a slightly uh, less desired bowl game and then reap the benefits for the next couple of years? Because who knows what Texas a and is going to look like next year. We're a long way from training camps opening. Long, long way. The dust will settle for that in the future. But at least for now, I'll tell you what, that Texas A&M is going to be reaping the benefits. And it just comes back to the original point that I was making a couple weeks ago. College football needs another blue blood back. Desperately. Desperately, desperately. And I'm going to say it again. That blue blood that sets up perfectly right now is Urban Meyer to USC. There's the rumor linking Urban Meyer to the Jaguars that he might want to go coach Trevor Lawrence. I think that's a bunch of crap. Unless Saad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, shows up to Urban Meyer's house with a dump truck full of $100 bills and the fountain of youth, Urban Meyer should stay far away from Jacksonville. You know why? Michael Duraco, ESPN reporter, today on Twitter, and I quote, Saad Khan said he had roster control in 2020, and the new GM coming in should know that he will keep that control. What I tell you a couple weeks ago, what I tell you a couple weeks ago, Urban Meyer is going to go somewhere if he comes out of retirement that where he can have complete control over his roster, over his program, and over the decision-making. Urban Meyer is not going to coach for an owner who is telling the GM what to do, let alone the head coach. If the owner of the team is telling his GM what to do with player personnel decisions, what do you think he's going to do when he goes down to Urban Meyer's office in Jacksonville and says, hey, we should start running the ball more. Or, hey, I'd like play action with Trevor Lawrence a little bit more. Now, going to coach Trevor Lawrence sounds nice. You pretty much got a shoe in that you might be a playoff team. That defense sucks. Even though they put up a pretty nice effort against the Colts, maybe that's a little bit more concerning for the Colts heading into their playoff game on Saturday. But nonetheless, the Jacksonville defense is bad. The Jacksonville weapons are pretty bad. Trevor Lawrence would be the one-man show. Urban Meyer would be calling the plays, but he wouldn't have complete control, and he wouldn't go somewhere where he does not have that ability. It just doesn't make sense. College football needs a blue blood back, whether that's USC, whether that's Texas, whether that's UCLA, maybe elsewhere in the Big Ten, maybe another team down in the SEC. You need some help or else this college football playoff of what we just saw, it's just going to continue being Alabama beating the snot out of somebody and then Ohio State and Clemson playing a pretty good game. And it's survival of the fittest. That's what it's going to continue to be. Because when Florida loses by 35 in the Cotton Bowl, when IU loses to a bad old Miss team by six, when Cincinnati loses by a field goal to Georgia, and we've been hearing all year long, why doesn't Cincinnati get a shot? Or Indiana's the best, second best uh, team in the state of Indiana. Okay, go out and prove it. 
Indiana was getting that reputation because they took Ohio State to the limit. Did they win the game? Sure didn't. So, in the end, is Urban Meyer going to go to Jacksonville? I hope not. Unless they give him the deal of a lifetime and he's fine with being told what to do. But I can guarantee you that's not what Urban Meyer's about. We're going to switch it up a little bit today on the BK Show, episode four. Thanks for being with us. Happy New Year. We're going to get to the interview first because that's how excited I am to share this guy with you. He's an up-and-comer. He is going to be very famous one day and be making a lot of money on the comedy stage. He's just getting started here in Indianapolis. But again, unless you have not owned a phone in the last nine months, there is no way you have not seen this guy on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter. He's got 500,000 combined followers, and you're probably one of them. You'll recognize him. Let's get to Ben Polizzi on the BK Show. Johnson, how about that draft this weekend, man? Uh, no, no draft for me. You just not into it, or? Yeah, I'm more of a uh, bobble guy. <laughs> this guy, here we go. Oh man, how about that uh, that lamb guy that the Cowboys picked? His girl tried to take his phone on national TV, dude. Yeah, he wasn't gonna let her uh, see these texts. <laughs> You know him as Johnson, but we know him as Ben Polizzi. He is jumping on the show. Johnson <laughs> <And> here. <laughs> could you please tell me what your favorite Johnson line is that you've done? Oh, my God. Um, if you have one. Wait, are we recording? No, we're, we're recording. Not. Okay, okay. We're doing it live. Oh, I saw I saw the... Yeah. Uh, we're doing it live, man. Yeah, it, it does waves scary. going over waves. I'm yeah. like, ah! Uh, my favorite Johnson line... Uh, I kind of like when Joey said something like, man, this pandemic has been pure hell. <laughs> or, pu- I don't know, I forget what it was. It was like Purell. And I was like, do you say pure hell or Purell? <laughs> I forget what it was, but it was some shit like that. But there, there's one in like every video that I'm just like, how did that even happen? <laughs> is is that Does that just go off the cuff or what? No way. Here's we Eve Planet. Those okay, I was gonna, I mean, I would buy it. I mean, for what, for what you do, no man. No way, man. Uh, sometimes I do cameos as Johnson, right. and those are like a little more off the cuff. But when me and Joey, like when we did the holiday party guys, mm. like I sent him a script on Monday, and then he hit me back, and then we kind of combined the two, and it, nothing really makes sense until right before we record, like with anything. I love just, it, dude. Yeah, I love like, it. That's how it is. We're with Ben Polizzi, host of the Espresso Podcast, which you once did with Joey right before you yeah. got hooked up with Barstool. Did now, like 100 episodes are shot, shots with Joey. Yeah, every and episode then, is shot, whatever, right? Yeah, like an espresso shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the podcast. I, man, I lo- Ben, I love what you do, man. Stand-up comic, <laughs> podcast host. You work here at MS Communications. Crazy. How, how do you get into comedy? How, how does comedy kind of bring up first um when i was a kid i did a lot of like video sketches and skits and stuff like you know when you're, you're just like messing around with your cousins on like a video camera or something doing like stupid like little videos that's what that's this sounds bad but <laughs> <laughs> this, the, that's like what we did like me and my friends would like go out and do stupid skits and sketches and we just started doing them like snl style and like we'd have like okay we're gonna do this 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 today and we'd like pitch it to each other film it edit it and then we'd show like our parents like at night and they'd like judge it kind of they'd be like oh, that was good that was funny so that's kind of where it started for me like when i was a kid i was doing stupid videos 
stuff like I am now, basically. But and then I started playing sports and getting into stuff like that, and I couldn't really like. I couldn't really focus on comedy as much. And right when I graduated Marion and I was kind of done and out in the world, I was like, this is what I want to do. So I started making a couple videos with Molinera right. here and there, and we'd do that. Then that launched me into stand-up comedy. I've been doing that for like two years. So, yeah, that's kind of where it all started. I mean, you and Joey were kind of like the one-two punch there for a while. I loved yeah. it. And now you're starting to just explode. I think I saw you have combined between TikTok and Instagram. You got 500,000 followers now? It's crazy, yeah. It's so, really TikTok. Right. Well, <laughs> what is it, like 475,000? Something like that. So, COVID's crazy. The last year has been crazy. But for you, you've had... Pretty how, good. How many... <laughs> right, like, how, how many eyes have you had on you in the last nine months? It's crazy. Yeah. I just knew like when COVID happened, nobody was doing anything but looking at their phones. So I was like, I need to capitalize on this somehow. So I just started putting stuff out as much as I could. TikTok is just, it's just such a weird Dude, it's so thing. Different. It's it, so different. It's a bunch of 16-year-olds and Everybody's it, so I feel positive. like a bunch of them. Yeah. It's insane. It's awesome. Like in the comments, like you see Twitter comments and you're like, ugh, don't want to read those. <laughs> you see TikTok comments and you're like, I feel like a So, you've gotten a good response from everything TikTok-wise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, it's what, hard not to. Yeah. What's been like the most viral TikTok, do you think? I had, I did one last year and January or February, and it was like how my mom, my, <laughs> yeah. my mom carrying or making making ice cubes, and it's like very casual and easy for her. And then it's me making ice cubes, and I just thought of it one time when I was trying to make ice cubes, which sounds like the oldest thing in the world because nobody makes ice cubes anymore. But I was doing it; I could never carry the tray to the <laughs> freezer without like shaking, and I just kind of messed around with that video, and it hit, and it, it had like thirty million views or something like that. Mm. Which is insane, but then they, I don't know, something happened and they had to like take it down. I was like, oh. Really? Of course. What, yeah. what about the mom pronouncing different stores with an S at the end? You can just I give like an example for maybe somebody that hasn't seen it. Yeah, okay. So, like, my mom, like, I do a joke about this too. And, like, moms add S's to stores that don't need S's, and dads take them off. <laughs> like my mom will be like, let's go to Krogarts. And my dad will be like, hey, you want to go to the Colt game? I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. It's just like a thing. Or like, you want a Starbucks? Like, what? <laughs> well, you know what's just hilarious? The face, nobody can see us, obviously, but the face you just made is the same face that you do with the uh, guys getting haircuts <laughs> on Instagram. Is yeah, that just the face the you crossover. use for every aspect? Or? I don't know. For dads, it's kind of like, dads always squint, you know, and they say something like, hey, yeah. and moms are always like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm the complete opposite. I wish we could have video, but it's cool. Oh my god! I, 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 has there ever been something you've done? Could you just what's your Instagram? What's your TikTok so people can go? It's, everything's Benedict Polizzi. B e n e d i c t p o l i z z i. Wait, is Benedict your full name? Or? Yeah, it is. I, I always thought that was just like a joke. No, that's dude, your that's full name. Really it. <laughs> Everybody does this. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, it's like my grandpa's name, stuff like that. Okay, well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, has there ever been something you've done where you've recorded it and you're just like, this might be a little over the top, dude? Every single, every time. single one. Yeah. I mean, well, most of the time. But I usually send it to a couple of people. I'm like, is am I insane? And then I get some feedback, and they're either like, yeah, you are, don't, or they're like, actually, I I agree. Like that was something I can get into. So then I it's just I just go off of that. Well, let's talk about the stand up comedy aspect because, like, again, you have so many eyes on you on social media to begin with. But when you go into stand up comedy, how do you kind of start to build your base from what you already had? 
Um, like starting and yeah, up. right. Uh, how do you how do you build that popularity? Like you obviously have it online, but how do you take it to the stage? It's kind of like the stand up comedy is a totally different thing than like social media comedy. Yeah. Because it's like set up punch on stage and social media, you can just do a dance and it's like funny. But you can't do social media stuff on the stage or you'll get booed out, like <laughs> for sure. But I don't know. It's just a thing. Like I'm still trying to figure it out every time I get on stage, just like what hits and what doesn't. It's just a, it's, that's the game for stand up. Is that the most challenging part with like new material and testing it? Yeah. How do you do that? You just. If something, if you think something is funny, just try it. And it's sometimes it's hard to just try it because you're like, am I insane for thinking this is funny? Yeah. But sometimes it hits. Just like video stuff, you just never know. You gotta, you gotta just let it out. And it's just, <laughs> it's, it's definitely a fear you gotta like climb over. And I'm still climbing over it for sure. But you just gotta let it loose on stage. Well, as we said, 2020 was so big for you in gaining popularity, gaining a following. I know you worked with Trevor Wallace too, right, on the stand-up stage. Yeah, and that was interesting. <laughs> Mega Mondo, collab. We're collabing. <laughs> this is live radio. This basically this is this is what happens. This is it. This is what happens. But I know you worked with Trevor Wallace. Yeah, he was uh, he was awesome, man. That was a weekend I'll never forget. It was here. It was at Helium downtown okay. Indy, and they hit me up and they're like, "Hey, man, you know this Trevor guy?" And I was like, "Yeah, who doesn't?" They're like, "You want to open for him?" And I was like, "What?" So yeah, I got to hang out with him like all weekend. Is he is he as goofy as he is online? He's goofy for sure, but what took me by surprise, well not really by surprise, but he's very like business first. Like he's very like calm and like let's do this, that, that. He's like he's got a strategy for sure and it's working. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. And but now he's a genius. Talk about some dumb shit online. I mean, it's just all just dumb it's stuff. So it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's definitely like he attacks it. Like he, you can tell. Like he's a great writer, and like his jokes show it, and just his videos are brilliant. It's just like man, yeah. Who are some guys that you've looked up to in the comedy world? Like comedian? Yeah, just or anybody. You know, dude. It started honestly like when I was a kid. I'd just ride in the car, and my dad and. Like, my parents would always listen to Jerry Seinfeld, like, all the time. So, I was just like, that was kind of my base of, like, eh, that is pretty funny. Like, his observational stuff is just like, yeah, uh-huh. And then that's just kind of where I built it. Then, like, obviously, like, Dane Cook and stuff growing up was so funny. And just, like, I don't know. I look up to a lot of different people. Bill Burr is hilarious, obviously. Theo Vaughn now. Mm-hmm. And, like, Andrew Santino. I like that group of dudes out in L.A. I went and saw them a lot when I was out there for a little bit. And they just they just bring a different energy to the stage. I'm like, I like that. And there's always like Nick Swardson too. Like yeah. dudes like that. It's just so funny. They can say anything and you're just like, What? But yeah, uh, I look up to those dudes. Has anybody ever told you you're gonna look exactly like Kramer in twenty years? <laughs> yeah, everybody. <laughs> the, hair the hair especially rocking, dude. The hair starts. Well, I, had the, I had the little transplant. I don't know if you knew that. Oh yeah, the we girl hair indie.com? Yeah, bro. <laughs> You I had to re- re-side the playing surface. Like, yep, dude. Whole did, new crop up here. Did JMV hook you up with that? No, I think I... I think I you know what I'm talking about, right? Them, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I DM'd him about it, though. And like, <laughs> and he had all good things to say, and I'm like, all right. How do you approach somebody with a DM like that? Hey, need well, new he hair. Talks about it every 15 <laughs> Yeah, seconds. I know, like, but like... going to be weird. That just... I don't know. I just wouldn't ever imagine sending a DM like that. Hey, I need new hair. Can you please help? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you think if I get new hair? How, how's it going to be? And he told me about everything and it was cool but it was like for a week it was like all right 
stay inside because <laughs> you look pretty beat up. Oh, do you really? I mean, it's just because like the I don't know if you want to get into this, but the procedure they have to do they have to numb your head. They do all the stuff, and then the numbing like swells down to your face. So it looks like you got in like a boxing match. <laughs> so, so for a week, it looks like people were DMing me because I was still posting videos. And stuff, yeah. I didn't care, and I thought it'd be even funnier. And people were DMing me, and they're like, "Dude, what happened? Do I need to kick somebody?" So you're looking like Nate for Nate Robinson right. out here. Or something. Pretty much, yeah. dude. Pretty much. But and you know the swelling goes down, and it's all good. But for that week, eh, take it easy. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what you're doing right now on your podcast, Espresso. Yeah. Um, you're selling merchandise, mm-hmm. which is fire. I took I took a look at it here. Yeah. Let's pull it up right here. It's uh, it's stuff, man. You are ready. Yeah. No, I'm oh. ready. I, I'm prepared, man. So uh, we got Indiana Land stuff from a video. I'm gonna ask you about that in yeah. a sec. And we got uh, Espresso merch. It's just my podcast right across the chest. Looks pretty nice. So we got hats and we got the Johnson T-shirt. So not only are you selling the merch, but now over the last couple of weeks, we've seen what Barstool Sports has been doing with the Barstool Fund. I think it's what over seventeen million has been raised, and yeah, small business. Some of your proceeds are going to yeah. go towards the Barstool Fund. Uh-huh. Each order, ten percent will go to the Barstool Fund, which helps all small businesses out. Which they've taken a hit for sure. So I think that'll be nice. Has Barstool ever been something that you've thought could lead to something in the future? I think that would be a good fit, but. You know, right now I think they 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 are where they're they're good where they're at with their like talent and stuff. But you know, we'll see. Who knows? I've been on the sort of stuff with Joey a couple times, yeah. so maybe they're like, you know what? Who is this guy? This guy. <laughs> what? This guy. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> uh, for you, like, what is the dream? You know, it's just I'm trying to. Do stand up as much as possible. Get a special, maybe cross over into acting if that time comes. But I'm just trying, taking it a step at, the, at a time, really. Just uh, trying to get as popular as I can, and then <laughs> sounds crazy. But then uh, hitting the stage as much as I can too. No, it makes Stand-hard perfect sense from there because there's really no path. It's like, yeah, I want to be a comedian, I want to be an actor, and I want to be viral all the time. And it's like, it's not going to happen. Well, the way I felt about 2020 now into 21. Happy New Year, by the way. Thanks, you too. Yeah. How late is too late to say Happy New Year? I think you. now is still okay. Somebody said, said it to me the other day at the restaurant I work at, and I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, but like, how late would you say? Like maybe the tenth, fifteenth. Fifteenth is probably yeah, the cutoff. I'd that's, say that's probably too late. <laughs> Going into February, found Happy New Year, man. But I feel like for anybody, like I want to go into play by play. Like my dream is to be yeah. the Chicago Cubs play by play broadcaster. Yeah, you obviously want to get big, you you want to get big, get on stage. I, but I think truly for anybody that's working on a dream right now, if you were able to use 2020 as a building block and oh, just be able man. to go to somebody and say, "Hey, this is how I got better in a year where so many people just unfortunately of, struggle." I mean, that's yeah. huge, right? Yeah, no, it's huge. What have you been? What did you What did you do during 2020? Get you well. Uh, I work in minor league ball with the South Bend Cubs baseball yeah. team, do play by play, and you know, season got canceled, and so I came back here in August, worked with the Indy 500, covered that race for the first time with Rake Straw and those How'd types of guys. Like oh, it was unreal, man. Well, I mean, there was nobody there, so that's. <laughs> I, 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 still, I, I've been there once as a fan. I went in 2016, was in the Snake Pit, which is I don't know if you've ever been in the Snake Pit, yeah, but man, I have. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I'm just like laying down. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one where you go home and you take like a 12-hour nap, and, yeah. and you wake up. And, the next day's off, man. Yeah, <laughs> the whole country, 100. Yeah. percent But no, I've been back here, and obviously we work in the same building here, and uh, it, it's just been great to be back. And yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, man, I feel like if you can go to somebody's desk and say, "Hey, this is how I got better," 
I mean, that's that makes the world's difference. Uh huh. You know, twenty twenty is definitely. I mean, it's been bad for a lot of people, but at the same time, it's been a, it's been a little come up for some too. Just yeah. How you look, depends how you look at it, like anything. All right. So uh, you mentioned the Indiana Land thing a second ago. <laughs> I have the God, I have the clip <laughs> and. Um, I need to find this guy. Yeah. All right. So wait. Before we play it, I need to ask: Do you know this person? No. Me and Joey were just. It was Indy 500 time like two years ago. It was the race. It was like race weekend. I think it was Carb Day or something. And they sing the uh, the Indy. I, I don't right. Know. <laughs> Obviously, I don't know how it goes. But they sing that song before the race, and we were just asking people in the circle if they knew it. Oh my! All right, so we gotta play this. Back home again, and, and we saw that dude, and we were just like picking out people on the street, like who would be a good ask. And I was like, that dude looks interesting. Let's see what he has to say. All right, let's play it. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> How you feeling, man? I, I'm pretty walking. <laughs> say what? I, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm pretty fine. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm good. You're, you're, How are you? I'm good. Can you finish these lyrics real quick? Okay. Back home again. I can't wait to get back on the road again. Back again. Dude. Like front of baggers? Like. I don't know if I know this song. <laughs> Look at it. Back home again. Back home again. In. In Indiana land. What the hell was that? How perfect. <laughs> All right, Damn go ahead. Man. What's J- up? Just a random dude. Just a random guy. Like, we just saw him. We were looking at people. We were like, that guy would be good to interview. That guy, just by looks. And yeah. This dude had, like, one sleeve rolled up and one, like, leg, pant leg rolled up. And he had, like, I don't know. He just had a I'm fine. Was, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. What was your initial thought when he said, I'm fine? I was like, we got one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's going to be good. Hopefully, he knows the song. That had a couple million views on TikTok, right? Yeah. It went crazy. But it's just, like, the... Uh, and he was like kind of he was on it <laughs> more than anybody else yeah I think I saw him uh, some people knew him just based off of like I don't know just school and stuff in this area I don't know where he went to school but uh, I saw him like the next day or something and I was like should I and I was like I don't think I can one up that first interview <laughs> mm, probably <laughs> so I kind of left it alone but I need to see him I'm going to give him a shirt for sure you absolutely need to have to yeah um Last couple things, like you said, you're on Cameo. You do cameos. Yeah. Uh, I, quick question: How does that work? Um, you set your rate to whatever you want, and some and people just ask like you to say things. Yeah, like I'll I'll get a request like, hey, uh, my fr- it's my friend's birthday. He's turning 28. He loves your Johnson character. He likes doing, you know, he likes hiking. He likes doing this. He likes doing that. And I'll kind of whip up a couple jokes and then just let it let it ride. Let it rip. Yeah, dude, just let it go, Johnson style, and they. That's that's what it is. They love it. How can people find you on Cameo? Cameo at Benedict Polizzi. Same as same thing. Yep. Roll with the Benedict. Yeah. yeah. Dude. Do you it, think one day you'll be professionally known as Benedict Polizzi? You kinda, just roll with it. I think I think that's what I would. That's what I do. That would look sick on a movie line, like <laughs> starring I'm Benedict. I'm like it's it's good to go. That it's would right, look man. sick. Benedict Polizzi. Um, <laughs> what's next for you on the comedy stage? Anything coming up? Iowa this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm going to be with Sean Latham, who is a twenty dollars chef. He worked with Barstool, and now he's just kind of doing his own thing solo. But he's hitting stages. And I'm, I think I'm, I'm opening for him, or I'm hosting over there at the Funny Bone in Iowa. So Iowa folks, come check it out. Were you with? Do you intern with Barstool Indy when they first came? Yeah, right? with McAfee. And that just Sean changed Latham the game, right? Those guys. Yeah, what? Joey was there too, and so was uh, Austin Taylor, who worked with Barstool. 
Sports Mantis, you might know him. Mantis, yeah, Funny looking dude. yeah, cool, he's cool. The weird looking dude. Uh, I mean, yeah, th- that's what my buddy said one time. Hey, look at this guy. Like this I dude's know. the weirdest looking. This guy. guy. This guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like when Barstool Indy showed up, that just changed the game here. It, yeah. it was maybe for, I don't know that the original Pat McAfee show podcast with everybody Latham and Moraldo and uh-huh. yeah, that, that it was just really yeah, good. I know. There's a lot of dudes talking. <laughs> there were a lot was, of dudes it talking. Was funny. Yeah, but yeah, man, hope you kill. On the stage, yeah. Um, that experience with that group of people was insane. Like there was, it was just like, wow, we just get to hang out with Pat McAfee all the time. That's pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, la- last thing again, uh, yeah. how can people for merch uh, and Barstool Fun? Merch, Barstool Fun. Go on Instagram or Twitter or Cameo. It's in all my bios, and the username for me is at Benedict Polizzi. So at Benedict Polizzi on Instagram, Twitter, Cameo, bio, and there there'll be a link right there. You can click it and then get whatever you need. Johnson T-shirt. You can get a crop top. You can get a hat. You can get an Indiana Land. <laughs> Whatever you want, and then ten percent of your purchase will go to the Barstool Fund. So, yeah, get it going. One more day left for that. One more day. Yeah, yeah. tomorrow midnight, right? Yep. All right, this will drop at midnight, midnight tonight. So, awesome. Ben Polizzi, Espresso Podcast. You're the man. Thanks, dude. Thanks, Ben. Sure. Appreciate you. That is the man, Ben Polizzi. I hope you got a good laugh out of that because I sure did. He is. Something else, man. And like I said, he is going to be very successful no matter what he ends up doing, whether that's, you know, being a stand up comic, being an actor, just being an overall great guy was nice enough to take about 20 minutes there in the studio and and chop it up a little bit. So thank you, Ben. Let's roll on here on the BK show here in episode four. BK's big play coming up. Let's do it. BK's big play episode four. Let's talk about the Monday night football broadcast booth. They just completed their first year together. Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Brian Greasy after the year experiment of Joe Tessitore, Jason Witten, and Booger McFarland. I think Joe Tessitore's reputation took a little bit of a hit because of last year. And I love Joe Tessitore. I love Joe Tessitore. I think he's a great announcer. I think his energy is unmatched. He's got a he's got a ability to switch between TV and radio like it's nothing, which is supremely difficult. You know, I was doing a TV game couple weeks back college hoops and I'm used to doing radio right and what have we talked about over the last few weeks of there's such a distinct difference in TV and radio play-by-play broadcasting and radio you know as we said you're the eyes of the listener you're responsible for creating that image on TV not so much you know so really saying where the ball is on TV is not needed and giving that little extra description too so really you have that time to fill with other things which has been a challenge for me to try and fully master and you get better with reps and you know, same thing with anything you do, but I, I just respect Joe Tessitore's ability so much to switch between and bring that same style of energy and that just great voice, and he's just a nice guy. But what happened with Jason Witten, you know, he comes in, does color, goes back to play for the Raiders. Booger McFarland, the whole Booger Mobile thing was not well received, and, you know, he ends up back in the studio this year, and Joe Tessitore is back to doing college football, where, in my opinion, where he rightfully belongs because he does a terrific job on college football and college sports. So they make the change. They bring in Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Brian Greasy. Interesting booth. You know, we know Steve Levy is, if you're listening and you're my age, if you're 25, 26, you know Steve Levy is, you know, the late sports center guy with John Anderson as you grew up or working with Stuart Scott. You know, that was kind of the big trio. And then you had Scott Van Pelt on the radio and then him by himself. So really the trio was Stuart Scott, Steve Levy, and John Anderson, John Bucci Gross too, if you want to throw him in there. So you knew Steve Levy is like the sports center guy. 
And in the last few years now, we've seen Steve Levy make a jump a little bit more to the booth. He did a lot of play-by-play for radio. I remember I produced a couple of years ago for 1070. I produced the national championship game where Tua Tugaviola came in and uh, you know saved the day for Bama and for Jalen Hurts. And Steve Levy was on the call. I thought he did a, did a terrific job. But now they have Levy on television called Monday Night Football, which is as prestigious as a, of a job as there is, right? And you know he's working with Lewis Riddick, who I think is a terrific analyst, and Brian Greasy, who. I enjoyed watching as a player. He was a Chicago Bear for a while there, and I thought it turned out to be a pretty solid booth. And like, what 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 did we talk about last week? There's always going to be somebody that complains, no matter what you do, especially in broadcasting. There's never been a broadcaster, maybe other than Vin Scully, that has been universally 100% liked, no matter what they say. Other than that, you're going to have differ, differing opinions on you. That's something you just got to accept. And Steve Levy had some differing opinions on him, but I thought he did a nice job. A lot of these Monday Night Football games this year ended up being just brutal games. I mean, the most recent that we're going to play a clip from here is the Bills and Patriots, and Bills beat the crap out of New England, obviously, and you have to fill all that time. Filling time on TV is not easy. On radio, you can just fill the time with all the description you need. You can you know, <laughs> read from your computer on TV. I mean, you got to keep the conversation alive because you got to talk about what's going on with the picture on the camera, right? Because you have you got to have that cohesiveness between the director, the producer, and the announcer that everybody's got to be on the same page. On radio, it's just you to fill that time. You want to talk about what you saw at the zoo yesterday? Great. On TV, how are they supposed to uh, show what you saw at the zoo yesterday? Can't really do that. So I thought Levy ended up doing a pretty good job. I think Lewis Riddick is a great analyst. Uh, He's come in on SportsCenter these last few years and has been ultra-reliable on breaking down stuff. And Brian Greasy, I, th- I think the difference you get from Riddick to Greasy as opposed from Booger to Witten, Jason Witten obviously just didn't have the ability. You know, nice enough guy, he just wasn't meant for the booth. And Booger, you know, he was down there by himself, and I can't tell you how hard it is to do a remote broadcast with somebody you're not sitting next to, especially if you're doing color with a play-by-play guy that you're not with. Like, if you're in the studio doing a game, like I had my first experience a few weeks back calling a game off a monitor and I have so much respect for some of these dudes that can do it I was watching the Knicks Pacers game the other day and uh, Mike Breen who is the New York Knicks broadcaster as you all know him a little bit better as the national NBA guy bang you know Uh, he was doing the Knicks Pacers game but he was doing it from the studio and really other than a couple instances where he couldn't see what was going on on the court you couldn't tell the difference that he was sitting in New York calling a game in Indianapolis. So I have so much respect for guys that do that, and where it went wrong with Booger, obviously he's not sitting with Joe, and you can't have that little chemistry where you can look over to the guy sitting to your left or right and be like, hey, I'm about to pass this along to you and help you out. So didn't really have that. What happened now with Levy and Greasy and uh, Riddick is they're all sitting next to each other. They had that cohesiveness. They had that chemistry. And I thought they made a pretty darn good broadcast work. So let's get to BK's big play, and I'll break down what makes everything about them a little bit different and in turn makes it a nice broadcast. So let's listen. Allen looks like he had digs if he won. He's got a better option. It's Lee Smith, the blocking tight end on the receiving end of that touchdown. 
Like I said, who, who's having more yeah. fun than these Buffalo Listen, Bills? When you have fun, you play well. This is backyard it's, football. It, it sure is. And I'll tell you, Lee Smith is lined up in a traditional Y formation. He fakes like he's blocking down. And whenever that happens, whenever you see a tight end just kind of come down here and look like he's blocking, things happen so fast down here that immediately his coverage responsibility will take his eyes off of him. Because thought that was great. They all had something to chime in on. I think Levy's got an excellent voice. You know, it's tough in your first year when you go in as a play-by-play guy, especially on Monday Night Football. You know, we've known Levy so much as a, you know, a college bowl guy, a radio guy, but Monday Night Football, that's a lot of pressure, that's a lot of eyes on you when you're calling obviously not great games when the Bills are killing the Patriots and other games we saw this year. You know, I, I just have a lot of respect for Steve Levy. I think he brings a lot to the broadcast. I think he's got a nice voice. Lewis Riddick kind of brought that perspective as a an executive. You know, we've read these last couple months he has interviewed for NFL exec GM jobs. So I thought he brought that perspective, former player obviously, but now he's kind of thinking an executive's mind, and he brought that to the broadcast, a little extra one-two punch or so. And then Brian Greasy has that former quarterback slang where he can read coverages. He can see how guys are setting up. He can look at what a quarterback's doing, what he sees. I just thought that had a really nice chemistry to it. And I really hope that they do they do keep the same booth. If Riddick doesn't go for an exec job, Greasy, I'm sure, is staying at ESPN and Levy, unless they put him on another beat, which I'm not sure they want to change another announcer on Monday Night Football. They've had to do it so often with, you know, for one, Tariko leaving ESPN, Gruden leaving. Uh, as we just said, the Tessitore, Witten, and McFarland booth did not work. That failed epically. And now you got a booth that I thought worked pretty well. You give them some better games maybe now, and you don't have these 38-9 blowouts. Try and schedule some better games on Monday nights and see how it works out for you. I thought it was a really nice booth. And, you know, we have seen, again, NFL booths that have not worked. We have seen booths that have worked. The biggest thing is that what you just listened to in that clip is they all were bouncing off of each other really nicely. There was really not that awkward silence that you saw with McFarlane on the sideline. Chesitor says something. McFarlane's listening through his ear. He's got to process it, then say something. You got these three guys sitting next to each other. They're ready to roll with every single sentence. Monday Night Football. Keep this booth. I liked it. BK Show, episode four, we roll on. Last thing I want to get to before we sign off here, the Chicago Cubs have made their new hire for their television play-by-play broadcaster on the Marquee Sports Network. ESPN broadcaster John Shambi is the new TV voice of the Chicago Cubs. We talked about it earlier on the show in past episodes that Len Casper is now the radio voice of the Chicago White Sox. I discussed how much I'm going to miss him and what he has meant to me, but... I do not know Boog Shambi personally. Again, a national ESPN broadcaster. Boog calls college basketball, baseball. At one point, he was the Sunday Night Baseball broadcaster. He now does a lot of radio play-by-play for ESPN. Uh, he has called the NLCS, called playoffs. He's even called World Series games. So, you know, this is a guy with a whole lot of experience, a great resume. But really, for the first time on Chicago Cubs television, if you're a Cubs fan and you're listening to this, it's really the first time, maybe since Tom Brenneman, when he was shortly with the Cubs, and we all know what happened to Tom Brenneman. Good riddance he's not in the game right now, as that was just terrible. But um, this is the first time that the Cubs are really getting that national aspect of a TV broadcaster. You know, Harry Carey came from the Cardinals and White Sox before he was the Cubs guy. 
Chip Carey was all around the country, but not really at a national perspective yet. You know, Len Casper's coming in from the Marlins and the Brewers, as I told you, and he's not really on that national beat. Now, Len started doing games for Fox later in his Cubs career, but he was always known as the Cubs guy. I don't think John Shambi is ever really going to be known as the Cubs guy, per se, I think he could be a terrific Cubs broadcaster, and he calls a great game on TV or radio. But this is really interesting where is he going to leave his ESPN duties or are the Cubs going to have Shambi come in and when he needs to do a national ESPN game, have someone else call the game at Wrigley or wherever on the road? That's what I'm really going to be interested in as if Shambi is going to do all 162 is he going to do like a buck 20 and leave 40 other games to somebody else? You know, John Shambi and I are connected in one sense, and it's that we both started our careers in Boise, Idaho. John Shambi called games for the Boise Hawks back when they were a Anaheim, well, I guess California Angels affiliate. The Hawks used to have a great logo. Um, they used to have a... They, you know the old Angels colors? It was kind of like that little tan with the light blue and then the, uh, I don't even know what kind of red to describe it. Maybe like a, a salmon red, right? Um, those are sharp unis. And back when I was in Boise doing games, they had like these throwback uniforms that they had from, you know, all 30 years that the team had existed. And they had these throwback Angels Hawks jerseys and hats with like the the halo but it was like a b for boise instead it was sick but anyway so boog had called games for the angels uh affiliate at the time the hawks and i started with the hawks when they were the rockies affiliate in 2017 and i did tweet john that summer hey would love to have you on the broadcast if, if possible so i think i'm gonna Give it another go to try and reach out to Boog. Now, he is the TV voice of the Chicago Cubs. Hey, not everybody starts their career in Boise, Idaho. That's for damn sure. And uh, It'd be awesome to reach out to Boog. But no, I think he's going to be terrific. I think he's a great broadcaster. I think he's funny. I think he'll bode well with Jim Deshays if JD does stick around. David Ross is his former broadcast partner. David Ross now the manager of the Chicago Cubs. So whenever Rossi does go on with Boog on the broadcast, there will be some camaraderie there. So I dig it, man. I, I do dig it. I, I, I am going to miss that um, not small town feel, but just kind of individual feel that Len's only job was the Cubs broadcaster and Boog does a lot more and that's great for him. He's a successful broadcaster, but I am going to miss that kind of small town feel, even though that Chicago is not a small town. You kind of had that individualized attention from Len, who is now in the White Sox booth, but I think it'll work. Uh, you know, I, I liked Marquis coverage this year. I think there were things that they could have done to improve just like any other sense, but We'll see how it goes. But for now, Boog Shambi, John Shambi is the new TV voice of the Chicago Cubs. And I look forward to watching it. I look forward to hopefully hearing from him someday. And, you know, who knows of what the future uh, may hold for Boog in the Cubs booth. But uh, terrific broadcaster, well prepared no matter when he is on the air. And uh, he's going to do a great job in the Windy City. Episode four of the BK Show. We thank you for being with us as always. If Urban Myers, a Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, by this time next week, I will gladly eat my words. I just don't see a way that happens with Saad Khan wanting control of the roster. Look, if you're telling Urban Meyer that you're the head coach, but you don't have any say about the what the roster is going to be, 
That just doesn't make any sense to me. Joey Molinaro on the program next week. Stay tuned. It's going to be fun. Ben Polizzi, thanks for being with us. Joey, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Happy New Year. This is BK. See ya.